Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, everyone who is watching and listening on this video channel and on this podcast. It is September the 13th, 2021. This is a special episode, y'all, because guess what? We're recording this at night. <laughs> 8 p.m. in the ATL, 8 p.m. in the eastern side of Canada, where Kate, who is with the NCWFC, Manchester City Women's Supporters Group, um, official supporters group for that matter. Uh, she's back with us uh, in her second episode from last week. We got a lot to unpack, right, Kate? Oh, we got a lot yes, to talk about. <laughs> yeah, That's for yeah sure. we definitely do. We definitely do. So before we get rolling into Manchester City's last two matches since we last spoke last week, I want everyone out there to hit a like on the like button. I want everyone to subscribe. I want everyone who's listening and watching this thing to share with your friends on your social media. Why? Because word of mouth is the best thing we got going. I have zero advertising budget. Matter of fact, it's actually negative zero uh, advertising budget. And But word of mouth is what got in this podcast and this video channel where it's at. Now, if you do not want to listen to the, you don't want to watch and look at me because I look horrible or like look like a heathen, uh, then you can listen to us on the podcast. We're available on all podcast platforms and so forth. But while you're there, you've got to give a five-star rating. Why? Because that means other people will be able to know where we are. I get messages all the time. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe that there's actually a fan channel dedicated to the WSL. I mean, they're like, whoa, where did this come from? There you go. Word of mouth. That's it. That's where it is. So I need y'all's help. Okay. So we got two matches this past week from Manchester City. We did. Um, and would you, if you went to, I don't know if they have gambling, legal gambling in Canada. I think they do. But if you went to a gambling place and you put money down, would you have bet on Manchester City playing 180 plus minutes? of football against Tottenham and against Real Madrid and come away with actually just one goal. Would you bet money on that? I would have. Yeah. It wouldn't have gone well. Like I would have lost a lot of money betting on us to get more than one goal. And you, you, you predicted and most times you would have been safe. You predicted some pretty good score lines for city going into this past week. And it just all went blue in a bad way. So yep. let's go. Let's let's start with let's start with I my my thing is is I want to start first off with Real Madrid in midweek at at Academy at the Academy Stadium. Yep. You figure okay, you know they got a one one draw at you know in Madrid. Come home. All you got to do is win. There is no way goals rule or anything like that in play anymore, y'all. So it's it's even even money here going into a home home field, and then we roll in with this. And so let me let me but let's walk through the the lineup here for a second. So Ellie's still not available for this match. Front line you got Demi Stokes, Alex Greenwood. Okay, you got Steph Houghton. Okay, great. Uh, SMA Morgan. Okay, all right, got you, got you. You know Caroline Weir, Laura Coombs. And Avigula Lasada midfield and front line of Lauren Hemp, Bunny Shaw, and Haley Rosso. Now, when you think of that lineup, you, what do you think of? 
No, it seemed pretty solid. Like um, it, it, it looked like it was good. Like it looked like he, he kind of. Oh, and uh, Janine Becky was missing. That's what I noticed right away. But that's just again my Canadian bias kicking in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Lauren Hemp is phenomenal. Like she's great mm-hmm. on that wing. I understood that. Understood maybe resting her. You know, getting Hemp in there, getting her some time on the pitch. So all in all, like the the starting lineup, it's it seemed pretty good. It didn't seem like terribly different from you know when we played Everton and and you know going into this game felt pretty pretty confident like coming off of a 4-0 win it felt like the the team was kind of connecting and starting to you know find their feet a little bit so i really thought like this game would turn out a little bit different than it did and i mean i think what was noticeable for me was who was not starting uh kind of going with your theme there when i want noticed that stanway becky and ellen white not starting yeah. this match um you know that you know but i mean but i think what we're seeing here it seems like kate is that we're seeing how much players like chloe kelly and lucy bronze how important they are you know to to the side and you know how it's they're not easily replaceable um you know i think that that's another note notable thing that's kind of come out of the last few weeks what do you think about that no, for sure. Oh, for sure. Defensively, Bronze is a huge miss. Um, and Chloe Kelly up front, like, yeah, like, they're definitely, they're huge misses for the team. And, yeah, to be honest, I thought he might have gone more like a, a, an experienced front line in a Champions mm-hmm. League match, too. Um, putting Rasso and Shaw up there, like, it, it worked well in our last game, but, like, I thought he might try to go maybe with more like of a Hemp, Becky, um, White up top, and because mm-hmm. the three of them have played together more frequently, so that might have gotten them clicking and, and going and stuff. So, yeah, a little surprise there. But defensively, we've been not been doing well defensively for a while. So Lucy Bronze is a huge miss, and then, yeah, offensively we've been missing a lot of chances too. So Chloe Kelly's a miss there. Like it's just, it, it's just not happening for us right now. So you would not have started a front line of of you know of uh, Hemp and Shaw and uh, Rasso in this match. Yeah, I think I would have tried like White and Hemp and Becky, but it depends. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if like she was like they're feeling fit enough because mm-hmm. I know like White and like you said Stanway too was they're, they're still were coming kind of coming back in, so that could have been another right. factor. But I would have gone with a bit of a more experienced front line, maybe to start off. But then we did that for the last match with them, and that didn't work out well for us either. So I, <laughs> these combinations that are being tried, it's just I'm not sure sure what the solution is at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to tell. And, and I think um, it looks like Manchester City is kind of going with the same had it has kind of the same type of issue but but a little bit different than than Chelsea has because you know Chelsea and, and, and follow me on this one y'all now Chelsea didn't have you know did not uh had a bunch of players away on Olympic uh, at the Olympics so does Manchester City um you had very little preseason if at all uh, I don't even know. I don't even recall City having any preseason games whatsoever. We, no, 
Didn't he um, admitted that we hadn't had any preseason games before jumping into a championship right. league like right. UWCL and match? I, and, and I and I think Chelsea did actually had a couple of preseason. They actually did have a game of preseason against Arsenal uh, in the preseason. So they at least had a couple of preseason matches uh, to, to kind of test out their new formation. Um, so the, the city didn't have a preseason, any preseason matches, and a bunch of players away on Olympic duty, national team duty, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a roll-up in here, and then you go into immediate – you know, knockout qualifying knockout situation uh, against probably the worst team they could have drawn in a qualifying yeah. round, which is yeah. a Real Madrid side who, you know, everyone makes a lot of account that they were, you know, essentially a club that was essentially created from another women's club in Madrid that they just kind of picked up, you know, 18 months ago. But the thing is, it's still Real Madrid. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they were second in, the, in La Liga last season. So, yeah, yeah, like yeah. No, one, no one was coming close to Barca, but like they came second in that league still. Like, right, like you know, and they're, you know, and essentially their first full season as Real Madrid. Um, so there, there, there was like, they're not, it's like, if, no one should have walked in here thinking, oh, Real Madrid Femini, you know, is not is not going to be a solid opponent. I mean, they were second in the league in a in a league that yes has Barcelona in it, but they have decent sides. There's, I mean, they're decent sides in the Spanish league, as I painfully discovered, um, you know, last season when I bashed them. Um, so, you know, so you know, I was like, okay, all right. I, I always get put in my place on these shows. Um, so I'm not sure when I look at this lineup, I'm like. You know, Ellie Robot is a big loss, and, and you know because she's like world class goalkeeper. And then you lose Lucy Bronze, who's who world class defender. And then you don't have uh, Chloe White, who essentially is a world class offensive player, who's like a major major spark plug. And then you got Ellen White coming back from injury. From injury, uh, and so from not sure why Janine Becky wasn't playing in this match. Um, I'm not sure that there was a fitness issue there either. I mean, I don't know if you'd heard anything particularly about her. No, no, I don't know yeah. why I just like playing her in those in the those games. But um, yeah, there was after the form she was on in the first game. I I I couldn't tell you why. Yeah, exactly, and that's probably you know what a lot of people's questions were after the match and so forth. So, I mean. From what I saw in the match, I, and I'll be honest with y'all, I didn't see all of the match either. But what I did see was a lot of possession, a lot of possession, a lot of you know short passing, as I would expect from both sides. Real Madrid, of course, is going to be a little bit more direct and, and so forth than, than the City squad is going to be. But I, I saw typical City offense, very patient, build up from the back, use a lot of triangles, a whole boatload of passes, try to create chances. But, you know, but you listen, actually, were listening to the match. So what were you hearing, as, you know, as you were listening to the match from the commentators? Yeah, just yeah. lots of missed chances again. Like, opportunities that kind of went by, could have been goals. It's like Razzo hits the crossbar. And then mm-hmm. um, ugh, there was one I saw the highlight of it. Um, Ellen White passed it right in front of the net. Right, Caroline Weir, like just standing there waiting for the ball yep. to come to her, and like it would have been a tap in if she had yep. run to the ball, it would have yep. been a tap. But she just stood there, 
And I think that's our problem. It has been so far is we're not attacking. We're waiting for balls to come to us. And same with our defending. You're seeing it in the penalty area. They're not clearing their lines. They're just kind of like they're panicking. It's like they're not, they're just not getting it done. Right. Like they just, they're not attacking as much as they used to, or like just clearing yeah. the ball out in there. It seems that, you know, and this is what happens when, I think this is what happens, Kate, and you tell me if I'm wrong. This is what happens when a team is not comfortable with the system that they're playing. And they're not comfortable in possibly making mistakes. And so with those two things in mind, because teams that are more comfortable with the system and they're more comfortable together as a unit, Mm-hmm. And they are not afraid. They they become less afraid to make mistakes, and things become more fluid. And yeah. so things, you know, things are, you know, they end up becoming more creative, more, you know, there's more movement, more fluidity. And what I have not seen at all, not even in the Everton match, for a consistent amount of time, longer than maybe ten minutes or fifteen minutes, yeah. a, a sense of fluidity. Yeah, yeah, there's you know, just, just still a disconnect. You're just seeing yeah, I mean, disconnect a little bit with the team, and I think that's just more moving parts. Players are being brought in that aren't that aren't usual starters, and players are being brought in mm-hmm. that probably aren't used to the system, and you're right. just swapping players in and out and in and out, and it's just like it's not working. Like just throwing the last game, which is like he's like taking off Kennedy, he's putting Shaw on, he's taking off Becky, he's putting Park on. Yeah. It just we'll feels get like to we'll get to the train wreck that Tottenham was in a second. That was a train wreck, but it, he's just throwing players out there, yeah. and it's not players right. that have like this this um, connection, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely, it's like, oh, right. like, oh, things aren't working. Let's try this person. Like, it's just. Uh, something's not working. Something the management's not working right now. Like right. not he's not being managed well. Yeah, and and I mean, like I don't know why you don't start the same lineup. I know it's a few days out, but I don't know why you don't start the same people in a knockout match because this is literally a knockout round match. Like oh, you I'm don't not- win this game, you are out. You're done. So, but you put out. Like I'm talking to Gareth right now. No, I'm not talking to Gareth. But if I were talking to Mr. Gareth, I would be saying, okay, why are you throwing out Shaw and Rasso on your front line in a knockout match, which means you lose, you don't move forward, you don't go into the group stage of the Champions League when everyone is on your back saying you've got to get further into the Champions League and you're not even going to make it to the group stage. And you start Rasso and Shaw in the front line. Yeah, to be fair, they both had a really great game. Like, I, I, I didn't see too much. I didn't see too much of Shaw, mm-hmm. like, into a lot of it. But from what I right. heard, uh, Rasso seemed to be, like, causing a lot, lot of problems mm-hmm. for them. So, like, that was good, but but it's just like, okay, now it's not working, and you've got right. to figure out your substitutions, and you're subbing people too late. You're subbing people on far too late. You're not subbing out for the right positions, and it just that's that's what's lacking. There's no, there isn't a yeah. game changer, right? We don't have like he has yet to find someone who's like, okay, we're down, we need a goal. This person comes on like instant impact. So that's a brings up, but yeah, you're absolutely, I think that's absolutely right. You bring, so that brings up a really excellent point. So 
Real Madrid gets the one goal. Okay. We know, we all know that Real Madrid ends up winning this game one nil. All right. And they, the goal it gets in the 44th minute, you know, and it's through fumbling and bumbling in front of the net, it seems like it led to that, where yeah. there was just no one could clear that ball out for some apparent reason. So, you know, so there's, you know, defensively just a lack of solidity there. But so they get the goal, it's 1 0. So at halftime, they're down 1 0. Okay. I mean, you're still in the match. So they sub off. So Gareth Taylor subs off Shaw for Ellen White. Uh, in the 46 at the start of the second half. What did you think of that sub? Was that too late? You, you know, what would you think in the, you know, to put out Ellen White to start the second half? Like, I don't know. Like, I started Ellen and then tried going with Shaw later on. I would have, like, just reversed it. And if things mm, were Ellen, yeah. to put Shaw on. Like, yeah. Like, that's what I wanted in this other game, too. It's like things weren't working out well. Like, we're, and when we were playing um, Spurs, it's like I wish like we would have subbed her off and put Shaw on earlier. So I think I think that's like a better option is starting her, uh, starting White, and then maybe subbing Shaw in. But and then yeah, the Shaw Razo, uh, and then swapped, swapping out Hemp and um, Becky uh, starting lineup. So uh, not sure. <laughs> Yeah, and so and then and so the game rolls on. Continued, I mean, basically this match is full of missed opportunities. Basically, is you know, uh, is they created chances. They created a lot of chances, and I don't know at the end of the day how many what the xG for them in this particular match is because UEFA Women's Champions League is horrible about advanced statistics. Uh, so I don't even know. But what basically from from my you know from at least the eye test standpoint, there were a lot of chances that were missed. I mean, the one that you pointed out earlier was the most clear cut example of, you know, like. Couldn't believe that Because nine out of 10 times. Tap in for for Weir. Like that's, yeah, like that that one, like I keep replaying that one in my head. Like that's going to be on a loop for a long time. Just like how, how did we not get to that? How did we not get on the end of that? Right. And I think it's going to be on the loop of a lot of people right now, including Ellen White and Caroline Weir. You know, I think it's going to be on an endless loop for a while. I mean, it really does from from what I can see. Yeah. Yeah, And it's one thing, too, like our problems where it's like, okay, you're missing your chances uh, up top. That's one thing. But when you're missing your chances up top and you're making errors at the back and you're not clearing your lines, too. Like that's that's you cannot have both of those things happening at once. Like you can't. I think there was a point though, and I'm trying to remember, and I don't know. And you know, it's interesting at the end of the day by the set. So Gareth waits until the 69th and 70th minute to make the next two changes, and he takes the two new people off. So he takes Lasada off, and then takes Rasso off in in place of Stanway and Becky, which in a sense, kind of makes sense, but I think the timing of it seemed a little off to me. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, no, like later, later subs, and like, again, he's just, it doesn't feel like he knows his lines. You know what these matches have felt like? Preseason. It feels like he's using these matches as pre his preseason matches, and he, it's like, you can't be doing that. You didn't get a preseason. You have to acknowledge that and jump straight in. Like, there's, there's no, like, oh, we didn't get this. This is unfortunate for our team. It's like, 
that's the way things happened this year with the Olympics. We're not the only team uh, that had that. Like you said, Chelsea had numerous players missing. And yeah, they got like a couple preseason games in, but like not much. And like, mm-hmm. he, it's just it's not an excuse. Like you have, I don't know. Like it's just frustrating right. for me. He's using his so, yeah. preseason games, like cities, like not sure what their style they're playing at. Exactly. And so let's look, but so the other, the, I think a better example, Kate, is you, is at how it can be done was Arsenal. Arsenal, you know, had a whole bunch of players on Olympic duty. They even brought in a new manager. Yeah. You know, yeah. they brought a new manager and they had, a, they had one, they had two pre, they managed to have two preseason matches. Even though everyone had been out for the Olympics, they had two preseason matches and jumped right into Champions League qualifying. And I watched watched one of those preseason matches, and at one point, like, subbed on, like, ten players. Like, they put on all their youth, and one of those youth players just got called up to Arsenal. Whereas Taylor's being like, oh, our academy players aren't ready yet for, like, the next big step. And it's like, well, why not? What's going on over there? It's supposed They're supposed to be developing players. Mm -hmm. Why aren't players being developed? So it's just bringing up all these questions. Yeah, it brings up a lot of questions why you did not have a preseason at all. I mean, you had no preseason. You didn't schedule any preseason matches. Um, yeah. You know, so it was very, to me, it was just like really poor, really poor preparation for the start of the season. Um, you know, because Arsenal managed to do it, you know, with the same kind of issues in place and with a brand new manager. You know, and then, you know, the brand new managers rolls in there. So like, all right, let's throw in 11 people. Yeah, cool. You know, you can do that in preseason. That's what um, you're supposed to do, right? You, you, <laughs> you, you play around with what you have. And if you lose, you lose. Like, it's better to lose in preseason than to start off the season getting knocked out of Champions League and then losing to Spurs. Like, so, it's, just, it's not a great way to kick the season off. So... At some point in this match, I mean, you know, this, it just was, I think once that Caroline Weir tap in wasn't even tapped, let alone tapped in, um, this game, I, to me, this game was lost. I just felt like all the air out of the balloon went out at that point when I watched this thing. And I was like, this game is done. They're not going to win this. You know, I just saw the energy. They couldn't clear, as you were saying, they couldn't clear their lines. They couldn't stay organized on the defense either to even get the ball back and even to start the process over again. They weren't, they were not fluid. They were not really creating anything. I just felt like the game was lost. And I was like, I think think there was a big push in like the last 10 minutes. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, okay, like now, like you're kicking into gear again. And it's like chance after chance. One of those has to go in. Like, you, you can put all the pressure on, but, like, at the end of the day, we're not finishing, which is a huge problem. So, I think in the end of the day, you know, it, it end, you know, as we, as we, as we all know, it ends in a 1-0 loss. And, and I think this was more than a loss to me. You were knocked out of the Champions League. You don't even make it to the group stage. You don't even have a chance to make it into the 16. You're not yeah, even yeah. you're not even invited to the party. You're not even in the party. 
You're not in the, the, you know, you, you know, Real Madrid is in that pot of balls, you know, that they got, that got, you know, picked out today with their name on it. Um, Not you. Uh, This from a psychological standpoint was very damaging, I think. And, you know, I think Gareth kind of knew it and Gareth tried to put his wonderful little spin to it by saying, well, I guess we get to just focus on domestic Um, competitions yeah which you know we're like okay we'll get behind that and then what happens we go and lose like two one to spurs like oh okay so now things are going going well dude yeah no like that's exactly here's the thing though kate what i was hearing though kate and i don't know if you heard the same thing but i was hearing rumors pretty rumors and now i expect this out of professional football clubs though i do expect that when this happens sometimes um, but I was hearing a lot of rumors coming out about some of the senior players on the squad being really upset at Garrett Taylor about how this game was managed, how the lineups, you know, who was playing, everything. I And it was just a lot of falling out that had been going, that happened after this match. Had you heard any of the same type of stuff? No, I heard senior players as well weren't thrilled with him. And like the one the thing that Taylor keeps saying in his press conferences is all about we. We could have played better. We could have done this. We could have done that. And I'm starting to get like, there's no I. Like you hear some of these great mm. managers out there that were like Casey Sony or, um, yeah, like, the, and after a loss, it's like, no, that's on me. Like I got tactics wrong. I did this wrong. Like they're taking responsibility for it. I don't think I have yet to hear him say, I got the tactics wrong in this game, or I did this. It's all about a we, like he's lumping the team together. And uh, yeah, I think the players after that match weren't weren't thrilled mm. with what's going on. And like, I don't blame them, right? Mm. Like you came in second, you lost to Chelsea only by two points last season. And now you're not even going into the next round of Champions League. Like that's, that's a huge blow, right? So mm-hmm. there, there's, you can only do like, yeah, some of that comes to the players not finishing, but some of that also comes to down to the manager and, you know, he's got to start taking some responsibility for what's going on in this club. I, and I think that's a beautiful point. And to be honest, I really hadn't thought about that. I really hadn't, and you know, but you're absolutely right. You know, you know, you look at, uh, you know, Casey Stoney was really famous for this last season where when things went wrong, she would be like, yep. I messed this game up, you know, <laughs> you know, I didn't get it right. Emma Hayes, same thing. Uh, she'll come right out and say, you know, when she feels like it's her responsibility that she'll come right in and say it, but we have never, I don't recall ever hearing Garrett Taylor say anything about anything that he did or didn't do. Uh, I hear about, I hear we all the time. And, and I, and I, with him, that bothers me. Because I, I don't even I don't think I even read any of his stuff, his quotes, because they're just stupid. Because and, and, I, and maybe that's a strong title, but but it's but it's but Kate, it's coach it's speak. Same thing. It's the same thing over and over and over again. Right. It's a, it, it, I don't need to see him many quotes from him because he starts. You're right. He starts every sentence with the word "we," and it's either we did good or we didn't do good. And I, you know, and so I don't need to read anything he says. Because he doesn't say anything interesting except the word we every sentence, and which is I never noticed that. You noticed that, which is great. No, there is no I. 
There is, there's never been an I. He's never said, I need to do better. I need to go to the drawing board and come up with something better. I need to, you know, it's all like, we didn't do well. We, we were good today. We were not good today. You know, yeah. I mean, we can now focus on domestic competitions, you know. Uh, <laughs> Which, you know, right after getting this is something that fans really want to hear. It's like, right. yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly, that's, that's, yes. That's great, but we just got knocked out. And like that's that's what you're going at us with right now, like mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just it's just a little frustrating. So so you're laying a lot of blame on this on his feet, at his feet, right? Yeah. Now that I've had more time to think about it, it 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 wasn't as heated about him as I was when I yeah, injuries. There are a lot of factors that are playing into this for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I haven't been happy with his tactics for a long time um but yeah well like, i mean him, but it's it's and so yeah and that a little bit is just what's bothering me now as you know kate though we, we, and we'll get to this further with with tottenham but uh I mean, it is, I mean, he is deploying a tactical system that is the tactical system of Manchester City, period. I mean, everyone from the men's team to every youth team to every you whatever team to even the the people running the kitchen run the same tactical system. (laughs) It is the same tactical system all the way through the entire thing. However, here's the problem with having a tactical system that runs the entire entire system. It may not fit the players you have on the field. Yeah. 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 And so this makes me wonder why. Because, see, what you do is you make a choice. You make a choice as manager is you either get the players to fit the system or... You get players, you change the system slightly, you augment it, you tweak it to fit the players you have. I'm not sure that Garrett Taylor knows how to do either. Yeah, and I mean, and trying to teach players a new system too. It's like that's something that could have come with time. But again, we didn't have time. We jumped straight into the season. So right. if you're going to bring in players who aren't familiar with the system and how things work, that's fine if in the regular season where you have preseason and you get a chance to work them into it. If you're just jumping straight into a season, it might not work so well. Exactly. Yeah, that's very, very true. So let's go to the train wreck that ended up becoming with this Tottenham match. I I don't know. I mean, this was We, We started, actually, no, we started well. Lauren Hemp. Oh, yeah, Lauren Hemp got the, yeah. You're Six right. minutes in, I was, you know, when I saw that lineup though with um, Razzo and Weir, I think we all had a collective freakout because they weren't even on the bench. And ta-da, more injuries. So something else is going on there that all our players are getting injured too. So that's a concern. Um, mm-hmm. But so I was concerned when he kicked off with the lineup we had again. But then a second hemp scored. I was like, okay, six minutes in, one nil. Like. Maybe we can keep things rolling. Maybe we can get this, you know, knock a couple more in. Like, I was feeling fairly optimistic. And then Esme Morgan went down. Exactly. And there's so much wrong with this match. So many things wrong with it. I don't know. And it was just a whole bad combination of stuff that went with bad. 
I mean, all the way around. But the lineup itself, though, if you look at the lineup, the lineup itself wasn't bad. I mean, you know, I mean, you're still missing, you know, you're still missing the key, the key to that I was talking about before, bronze and Chloe Kelly. You're still missing those two. But okay, but you have the front line of Ellen White and Lauren Hemp and Jenny Becky in the front line. Okay. I think some people may have had a side relief with those three um, and so forth. Um, but I said online, I said this was reaction to what happened midweek all the way to now because people got pissed in the locker room about not starting this, not playing more. So guess what? They're starting. <laughs> They're starting this one. They're like, okay, that's a solid lineup. But again, um, and yeah, I mean, in, in, and again, chance after chance after chance. To, so now let me let me run some numbers by you, All right? Because I got the numbers in front of me. No, sixty-four percent possession, eighty-four percent passing accuracy on six hundred and twelve passes, twenty shots, twenty, yeah, twenty shots. Okay, twenty of them, six on target. All right, 719 touches. Yeah. 719. Um, okay, and let's see. So let's see. And then XG for your city, 2.1. XG for Tottenham, 0.6. Who yep. wins this match? Uh, <laughs> and by stats, City walked right. it, but they did not. Right. They absolutely did not. Well, let's talk about one thing here. Esme Morgan getting injured, and and, and what what happened there? Did when you when you watched that? What did you see happen in that? I I don't even know. They both went for the ball. They ended up sliding. Like they just went down. Funny her and the the Spurs player. And I think Esme got a card out of it, or yes. got a, someone got a yellow. And I'm like, yeah. who's getting carded? Like, she's lying there, her leg's getting wrapped up, and the ref decides to give her a yellow. I'm like, on what? Like, it, that was mind-boggling. I didn't understand that at all. It looked like they both went in clean for for the challenge for a ball. Like, right. that was the first poor officiating call. Right. And, and you know, it, it, so, yeah, so they both go for the ball, and Morgan gets the yellow. She's the one injured. Yeah, her son gets in here. And, you know, and she has to be, you know, she's the second player of the day that I watched get carted off a field because of a leg injury uh, because the first one happened in the United match. Now, um, and this was in 11, you know, again, early in the early in the match and she gets a yellow card. I have no idea what happened with that. Um, Do we have any update about her injury status? And she, I think she had a shin injury, I believe it was. Yeah, she, so she hasn't traveled with the team for international mm-hmm. duty. Um, right, right. But other than that, I haven't gotten an update. So right. I'm hoping it's like nothing. I don't, I don't think anything's broken. I'm fairly certain they said any, nothing was broken, but they're just like kind of waiting and seeing and what's going yeah. on. That could change still. Um, that can certainly change still. Really so, so the game kind of really degenerates right at that point, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, Esme was uh, Lucy's backup. Right. And Lucy's out. So now Lucy's out and Esme's out. Uh, so then Stanway has to go in there. And it's just like, and then you have to put on um, Angle Doll. Like he made all, he made, had to make Angle Doll uh, go in there. 
Like he's putting on people that weren't maybe weren't ready to go on yet. And then he's putting people back into position that, you know, they're not regularly on. Sandway's still coming back kind of from like mm-hmm. from whatever issue she was having. So now she's on right back. Like the whole that Esme uh injury, I think changed the whole complexion of this game. Like Yeah. Just, and then you add on top of it just horrendous refereeing. Oof. That I is, mean, that's some of the worst I've seen in a long time. I mean, if I can tell that that the refereeing is horrendous um, and so forth, but Kate, tell us about your background and, and, and how you know that this is bad refereeing. No, so um, during the pandemic, well, before the pandemic, I actually signed up to take my um, officiating course to Canada Soccer. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the pandemic hit, so I did it online. I've got my... Um, I graduated, I got my license, so I learned all of, like, a lot of the IFAB rules and stuff like that, like offsides and fouls and and right. certain things like that. So you're seeing some of this stuff, and it's just, like, everyone's calling for VAR, and I'm like, no, no, like, I don't necessarily, I still don't necessarily want VAR, VAR in, in here. I want those officials to be making those calls correctly on the pitch. Stuff happens very quick. I understand. I get that. Like I took training courses. I took videos, and it's very hard sometimes to tell between fouls and stuff. But as an AR too, you have to make sure you're in the right position to get mm-hmm. a view of what's mm-hmm. going on. So, what were some of the uh, besides the the obvious uh, the obvious one that we saw and near the end of this match that led to the game winning goal? Uh, what other you know, refereeing calls were clear errors from what from your vantage point. No, there was just a lot of like fouling that was going on, and like mm-hmm. no cards were really coming out. She's like, players were just fat. Like it just was getting chippy, and it was getting a little yep. bit rough. And she like, I don't know. She just she just didn't seem. She was carding weird things. Like one foul would be, be a card, and another one like wouldn't. Like it's just it's coming down to in- inconsistency again, and it's just. It's weird, like both sides too. Like, and I'm not saying like mm-hmm. we didn't put our fair questionable tackles in. Um, so it's like both both sides, and it's it's just yeah, there was just some really weird choices where to give a card, where not to give a card. Yeah, and the, and yeah, exactly. And I mean, again, I'm not you know I'm not a trained referee, and I, I you know, and my eyes don't usually work that well, and I'm old, and you know, and I drink a lot of Coke Zeros, but. Um, but still, I mean, I was like, where are the cards? I kept saying, where are the cards? This tackle is ridiculous. I mean, it, it didn't matter who did it. I was just like, that's a card. I mean, I, I, there should have been like, a, not 100 more cards, but I, I, but there should have been a lot more fouls called. There should have been, you know, and it was really chippy and it got really disorganized and chaotic because of all the chippiness involved and no one was calling anything and so forth. The next yellow card happens in like six minutes in, in stoppage time, <laughs> you know, and finally Ashley Novell who committed like a 400 thousands match and was actually the person that SMA Morgan ran into uh, that got her a yellow card, ironically, and got her also got herself called, you know, parted off the field. Um, she finally gets a yellow card near the end of the match. Um, you know, where she, I think she committed at least six other fouls that never were called. Yeah, and there's um, not exaggerating. Yeah, there's times like letting fouls go, but if there's a if there's a player like doesn't matter what team, if you've let them go like I don't know once or twice, 
Okay, they're still not getting the lesson. That is the point of carding a player is mm -hmm. to keep them from doing that. If you don't do that, if you don't pull out your cards, they're just going to keep, oh, I can just keep hacking away at someone or I can just, the ref's not looking, I'll give this person like a, a good whack over here. Like right. you, you've got to be like as a center ref, like you've got to take the whole point of your job is to control the match, right? And and player safety. You're, you're seeing this right. in some of these NWSL games too. It's like these oh, yes. refs are starting yeah, and they're, these yeah, they're bad. are it's injuring bad. players. Like yep. it has been brutal. It's like you need to start throwing some cards out there. Yeah, and I'm afraid what, you know, and that's what I get worried about. And I think that's the thing that I worried about in not with um, the case um, of Millie Turner at Manchester United, who, you know, essentially collided with mm -hmm. her own teammate trying to get a ball. Um, it, this was worse, in my opinion, with SMA Morgan, and I think SMA Morgan's injury is not, it's going, to be, not it's going to be as bad as Millie Turner's is. But the point being here is that you had a situation where your two players went for the ball, and and you know somebody you know somebody gets injured, and I thought it was more Ashley Nivelle, you know, committing a foul on SMA Morgan rather than the other way around. And so my concern is is that we're going to see we're going to have a situation where yeah. someone yeah. is going to get carted off the field yeah. in the 44th minute when the game had gone out of control 15 minutes earlier because someone didn't get carted when they should have yeah. and calls were let go and it just got, it just degenerated. And then someone actually, you know, as you were pointing out, like, okay, well now I can just give her another pop if I wanted to, you know, if I, you know, she's getting a little bit away from me. So I just clip her, um, you know, and someone's going to get a knee busted or like broken or whatever. And it could have been easily avoided. Yeah. Yeah. Like a good example goes back to the 2019 uh, women's world cup. Um, England was playing, I think it was Cameroon. I think it was Cameroon. Uh, anyways, a, they're getting spit on. The players refused to kick off at halftime. Uh, yeah. That should have been a card for delay of game. Yeah. Steph, mm -hmm. Steph got her ankle stomped on, which should have been an immediate red. That was a yellow. Like, if you don't, yep. if you, if you're not sure, like you need, like you, when you're officiating in like high level women's football, you mm -hmm. need to be getting your calls right. And there's like, you need to control the match. Like that, that is your job. Like there's no hesitation. Like you need more training, fine. Like do more matches, right? But like you, when it comes to like those kind of things, you have to be on top of it or the game gets out of control very quickly and uh, people start watching it too. And they're like, oh, I don't want to watch this. It's becoming unprofessional. Look at all these calls that are missed. Like that's, right. you know, and, and yeah, like you have, there has to be better officiating in the women's game in general across leagues like in tournaments just the standard has to be raised yeah and and then um i mean that the second goal which unfortunately gets credited as an own goal against uh karima ben um you know and and yeah the ball does bounce off her leg and and so forth and end up in the in the net but the unfortunate thing is is that an obvious handball was not called that seems obvious to me. It was obvious from the front. It was obvious when it happened. Yeah. Let's watch it. Like when you were watching it on TV, it's obvious. Apparently, some people that were at the match couldn't really see it. So there wasn't really a big fuss put up. But I'm like, if you had a full stadium and everyone's around 
like by yeah. the angle you see that exactly yeah fans would have been livid and sometimes that even helps a referee like right right like, and- he jumps both hands in the air both hands in the air <laughs> right <laughs> I don't. I don't know what you're thinking. Like, yeah, I mean, you're just like throwing yourself out there, you know. It's like whatever, you know. And then the ball hit, you know. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's it so ridiculous, right? Like, it's a hand of God goal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, two hands of God goal, goal there. I think, but you know, I mean, it's like you're not Diego Maradona. I know you're the tallest woman on the field, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and you out jumped everybody. Yes, agreed, but it still hits your hands. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I mean, the way I'm seeing things about this match is like, did we deserve a tie? Yes, I don't think we deserve the win the way we played in the second half, particularly. Right. So Spurs played. Very well. Uh, tactically, they were on it. Their manager made the correct substitutions when needed. Um, so I think a tie was fair. I don't think we deserve to lose on that goal. Like, if they had scored another goal, fair. But I don't think we deserve to lose that game on that goal because it wasn't a goal. So... And, and I completely agree. It was the officiating was awful. It was a disgrace, to, in my opinion. Um, you know, and I think City lost two points because of it, um, and due to bad refereeing. Uh, it was just poor, and I think it was bad refereeing the entire match. Um, I, I saw, like I said, I saw a whole bunch of fouls that were never called. Cards did not come out when they should have. Um, and then you have an obvious handball situation that is obvious to to a person who has no barely any eyesight, drinks too many Coke Zeros, and you know has a child running around the room while the match is going on. And I can tell it was a handball. And then I and I didn't need any replays. I you know they replayed on television forty six times. You know, and then you have you heard the, 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 the one, and I forget her name now, but she's like, she's on the ground talking to the referee, like, smiling at her, like, yeah, I got away with one. Woo! You know, I'm like, dang, this is ridiculous. This is a farce. And that's so yeah. sad. We, yeah, we, I we don't... take this seriously, yeah. and this is a farce. It's just a complete train wreck farce. Yeah. I want to say I feel like other players in that situation may have let that go too. Like to to be fair to the Spurs player, um, I wasn't thrilled that she was smiling about it. But uh, to be fair, <laughs> no. I think a lot of people wouldn't be complaining if that if we had won right, like that, right, I granted, yes, yes, right. Like we would mm-hmm. we'd put it out there. We'd be yeah. like, yeah, it shouldn't have happened. But we'd be like, well, that's the brave. Yeah, I mean, she didn't like overly fun. celebrate or anything like no, that, and, like do cartwheels and stuff. Rubbing in anyone's faces, but like, right, you know, the, the Chelsea lost that way last match. Like the problem is, we're two weeks into this season, and once again, officiating's coming up. Like last so last couple seasons, I've seen bad calls too. Uh, uh, Ellen White had a ball hit her. No, Demi Stokes had a ball hit her when we were playing Chelsea in the stomach, and the ref points to the spot and gives Ellen White a card for handballing the ball. Right. And, you know, yes, that was that was really I still right. I still love like the picture of her just protesting, arms like just wide out, and she's like pulling out her jersey. Lucy Bronze has to tug her away. Yeah. Um, that handball that was a head ball by the United player. Right. Like, that yeah. Yeah. You gotta be getting these calls, especially for penalty kicks. 
You've got yeah, to be it's, So Rob Frowley from the CFCW Social and our show with Chelsea, he, he, he made a prediction. He said somehow, some way, by the end of the season, they're going to have VAR in place. Do you agree? I don't know. If not this season, they might. I want goal line technology brought in first. I VAR can whatever. Goal line tech too, because we're already having issues with yeah, yeah. crossed and not crossed. So I think the better option right now is getting goal line technology in and training those referees better. Like okay. we can work yeah. on VAR maybe like later, but I just don't like how it slows the game down. Yeah, that, I mean, that's an excellent point. That really is an excellent point. You know, it does slow the game down. And, and we've got a bunch of referees who, who who don't know what a handball is. So, you know, I, I, if, and I'm not sure they can know what a handball is when they see it on a TV screen. So I don't know. So you're probably yeah, right. Because we've had, we had, you know, it, it happened with, with Manchester United match again where he had possible goal line technology issue in play there, which then gave Lester a goal. Um, and I don't know, you know, I couldn't tell whether they, you know, they got a go- the ball over the line or not, but you know, it would have been nice to know uh, if it did. Um, so, but let's, let's talk about the, what I now will name the first manager sack race. <laughs> it's a sack race, basically. So, uh, so I, I would definitely say that Willie Kirk is on, is, you know, he, he's in the running, uh, but is Gareth Taylor in the running? Do you think Gareth Taylor's job is in jeopardy now? I don't think so. I like to like it as a fan, but I just think they'll just keep him on. I don't know. I don't think that, I don't have high hopes about that one, but it, yeah, if he keeps, I don't know. I just I don't think the club will pull the trigger on him. I think they'll just ride this another season out, see how it goes, and maybe maybe next season we might be looking at a new new manager. But yeah, I I don't think they have the. I don't think they have anyone like they'd be looking at anyone right now. I just think they're just gonna stick with him and hold on, and it's 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 unfortunate. <laughs> And so, so it sounds like what you're saying that you would want him to win the sack race, but he's not going to win the sack race. No, like, I, yeah, it's a hard one. So I want to, I want to keep giving him more games, but at the same time, it's like, you have all these players, you should be doing better with all these players. Like even with all our injuries, like we still have a good team and something is still not clicking. So that just tells me something is not right in that camp. Like something is mm-hmm. not right. With the manager style, it just, it, yeah, and and yeah, we won a trophy last year, but we also got kicked out of the Champions League. We lost to Chelsea. Now we were kicked out of the Champions League again, and you know we we've, we've lost to Spurs. So there goes like, you know, it's it's early on in the season, but like as we saw last year, we lost by two points. We lost by like a game. Like every point counts with the the women's season. Right. So it's just. Not, a lot of things aren't adding up for his tenure so far, personally. And yeah, and the 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 issue I think in play, which is would be the issue in play with any any club right now, 
looking at their manager and thinking maybe this one's not it uh, is who are you going to go out and get that's going to be any better than what you've got yeah. you know I don't think you ever should replace you you should never go out and replace somebody with someone unless it's complete dumpster fire unless it is you've committed treason and you know you've committed like high crimes and misdemeanors and you should go to prison uh and so forth so case in point you know that we have a we have a major league uh soccer team in atlanta with atlanta united and they fired their manager from argentina because he was withholding water from the players during the training and not giving them days off yeah using the players violating all rules of the collective bargaining agreement so he got a grievance filed against him by the team by the players so they ended up having to fire him there was no one else available that would be better quote-unquote but there was no way they could ride it out because it was so bad i think to be fair you know as much as maybe we don't you know it's like we know this isn't gonna work um but who are you gonna go get that's gonna be better at this point uh and in the city football group if they're they're gonna hire from within they like yeah um, so who they got, who's they're going to bring up, you know, going to basically promote. Um, yeah, it's a hard sell. It's a hard sell. Um, you know, I think sadly, um, and I think it's a mistake. I, I, I agree. I, I think it's a mistake, but, um, uh, I think Willie Kirk's on, on his way to winning the race. Um, you know, basically by looking like he's not, not looking like he knows what he's doing. Um, and, um, but I think the but I, the sad thing is I don't know if these city players want to play for him for Garrett Taylor. They don't seem to want to play. They're not looking very inspired out there on the pitch. They don't. They don't. Like they don't want to play for him. They don't even look like they want to play for. They they don't really look like they want to play for themselves either. But you know, to be honest, but I mean, and maybe that's a really bad indictment that I'm making, and maybe I'm being what they call hyperbolic. You know, but I mean, they look uninspired. They look on, they don't look motivated. Um, they look out of sorts and the man in Garrett's just like looking at, you know, I don't know what he's looking at out there, but, um, as a manager, you're supposed to to help with that, right? You're supposed to manage your players. Right. And there's, you know, I think what, I think the, the worry that I felt with him when he was hired is being played out now. It's like, I'm not sure that he, I wasn't sure that he was going to be able to build a relationship with the players that he needed to have in order to be successful. And I think it's playing out a little bit later than expected. And the reason why I think is, is that it's really easy to have that relationship in place when things are going well. Yeah. And for most of the season, they got a trophy early. And for the most of the season, it was going well. Yeah. And then it, it fell apart in the end, but they still were two points short. And they beat Barcelona in the second leg of the of the Champions League tie. Yeah. But they didn't go forward. But it, it all in all, it was fairly successful. But things have spiraled quickly. Yeah. Um, and here we are. And I'm not right. We started losing all the Americans. They all just went back off to 
they they came over here for a quick quick visit quick cough cross on and they're like okay yeah we're all going back and then all of a sudden you have to rebuild your team again and it's just it's yeah that i kind of like i i wish we had it was a little more consistency in that Mm -hmm. and we may not i mean we may not see that out of the squad if they're able to pull this together if gareth Gareth and his coaching staff are able to pull this together yeah Um, we may not see that for a while now we're in an international break so yeah, which I can't tell if it's a good thing for us or if it's a bad thing for us. I just have my fingers crossed that nobody comes back with injuries because so many of our players play yeah, for lionesses, which is why I fell in love with City in the first place. But now it's right. like, wow, it's coming back to bite us because of all the right, injuries. Exactly. Right. Right. And but then guess what? You come out of an international break, and who's the first match? Arsenal. Yeah. Um, you know. Oh, you know, away. I mean, that's just, you know, you just, I'm just screw the nail in a little bit more, but yeah. you know, I'm hoping they come I mean, back. Inspired. Yeah. I'm hoping they come back inspired. I'm hoping we get some of our injured players maybe back too. like, maybe this will give them a couple of weeks to recover a little bit more, but yeah, something, something's got to change because if we're losing two, one to Spurs, like I can't imagine going up against, Chelsea Arsenal is going to be any easier so no doubt because I mean honestly folks honestly y'all Tottenham you know I mean Sir Alex Ferguson said it's best lads it's Tottenham I mean basically to say look they're not that good Um, Tottenham is not you know credit to their manager credit to the tactics credit to they played the game the way the way they I wasn't going to, I'm not going to say they play the game the way it should be played. I don't think they really did. But my point is, is they played out their tactics. They had a, they had a plan. They had a strategy. It worked. They won fair, you know, now it wasn't necessarily fair and square, but they didn't cheat. So, you know, it's not their fault. They got calls in their favor. They just, we, were out you know, man, we were outmanaged. We were outmanaged in that match. Yeah. And, and that's a good point. They, they yeah, that's a good point. Cheat. That's that's sad. That's sad, Kate. And that's just how that game ended up going. But to be fair, they're yeah. still fairly like what this is only what their this is their second season in the league. Yep. Like they're fairly new too. So like they're I I think they the barely survived last season. season. They're gonna keep they're gonna keep getting better and better too. But they got they have six points. Yeah. Yeah, they got so, six points in league. They beat Birmingham one nil, and they won two one. And they got Reading and Leicester coming up. So they in Brighton, yeah. so Tottenham, so Tottenham I'm giant, I'm sure could win five. <laughs> could be five and zero oh by the time they roll. Yep. Uh, you know, they roll into playing, having to play United and Arsenal back to back. So you know, yeah, you never know. Yeah, right? you know, and this is right. You never know, and, and you know. I, I mean, I think all the teams in the league got better, you know, to, to a degree, except for Manchester City and Manchester United. Um, so, you know, and I'm not, I'm not joking here. I mean, I've said this over and over again. I don't think City, you know, I don't think that City's transfer policy this, this summer was not all that good. They did get very good players in, but I don't know how they match up with the system. And we're seeing it play out right now. So, you know, but... Tottenham improved, Reading improved, Leicester, well, you know, 
Lester, I think they, they look like they improved, but they look terrible. Um, Brighton improved, you know, West Ham, Aston Villa improved. I mean, all of them improved in some shape or form. And some of them, you know, Carl Ward went from one team to another and instantly improved them. Um, and so, it's just going to keep getting better. It's going to just keep getting more competitive in this league, right? Like the right. money that's being poured into this, like all these teams are investing. And yeah, like you need to you need to go along with that. Like you need to to keep up with everybody, right? Like it's not just going to be these three giants all the time. Like before you know it, like you're being overtaken by all these other teams that were used to be in the middle of the table because the investment just keeps pouring in and pouring in because everyone wants to invest in women's football. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, and no doubt, I don't, I think no doubt in my mind that that Tottenham wants to invest and there's no doubt um, they got the resources to do it. Um, of course, they mean, you know, they're well renowned for being a little bit, a little bit tighter than some teams, but, um, but they, but they have invested this year. They, you know, they barely survived relegation, um, you know, um, from last season, you know, but I think, you know, they're a tougher opponent and, and credit to them. They, you know, they won two out of two yep. you know, to start the season. I think it's really important to start the season well. Um, and they have, you know, and so, um, you know, it's a good start by them. And then they got Reading and Leicester and Brighton, you know, coming up, you know, meanwhile, you know, Manchester City goes goes in an international break, and yeah, it's questionable this international break and whatnot. It helps or not, but you got mm-hmm. Arsenal and then West Ham, and then you got a derby. Yeah, you know, so it don't get it don't get all a lot easier. No, no, it don't get all a like, lot easier. These um, aren't getting any easier, too, right? Because of all these yeah. these teams are doing. So you can you could say that yeah, City is not. Looking up, like other teams are catching up as well. Like that's just you got to be prepared. It's not you're not just gonna. We're, no one's beating like Brighton eight one anymore. Like that's not gonna happen. I don't think anymore. Like this, I, I, this, this season's going. It's like they're pulling a team together. It's like I don't think there's gonna be as big as blowouts, right? Like it's starting to get more. Like you can call four nil a blowout if you want, but to me that's more like eight one and seven one. What we saw last year. So those scores were the, the bigger ones, right? This might just yeah. Be as like- much as I love Bristol City and, and 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 you know making a run in the Conti Cup to the final just to get blown out by Chelsea, but um, but yeah, I mean you know I remember remember very clearly early on in the season Bristol City getting annihilated, you know seven one eight one by every nearly everyone, um, and um, you know they were managed to pull it together in the end and almost managed to get out of relegation, but. Um, but yeah, I don't think you're going to see that. I, I just don't. I mean, you know, um, you know, somehow Everton doesn't pull it together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the only team that's going to I honestly think they will. I think. Yeah, I think they yeah, will too. It's but the beginning of the season, it's just. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I, I mean, going on there? We, right? Willie, Willie, listen to me. Listen to me, Willie. We believe in you, Willie. Your name is Willie. There's no, you have to be believed in if your name is Willie, you know? So we believe in you, Willie. You can pull it together. You got the players to do it. And, you know, don't, you know, don't be asking for that vote of no confidence or anything like that or vote of confidence from the board. Don't do that because that's a kiss of death. That's like, you know, the Godfather movies over and over again. Don't, don't ask for that. Just look ahead to, to uh, not Bristol, 
<laughs> not Bristol, went to Birmingham. Um, you know, you got Birmingham and Reading coming up before you hit Arsenal. You know, all you need to do is get a couple more wins and you got six points. You're back in mid-table again. Um, you know, just, just hold your head up. Like so it's like these, everything changes so quickly. Everything can change so quickly. Right. right? right. Like everyone is crowning how great like United were last year and they were doing really well. And then Keith got injured and all of a sudden it's just, right. and then, and um, Galton got injured and it's just right. like, okay, no, they're yeah. getting a little bit exposed for not having a lot of depth. And, and right. They just kind right. Of and, and that's, and that's stuff, the right? thing. Like, um, because that's the thing, Kate, to fall back on is the fact that, you know, and is the fact that Manchester City has depth, has depth. They have depth. I mean, you know, it doesn't seem like it right now because things are not going very well with the players that are that are there. But there is depth there. There's, you know, a whole time. I mean, you've got, you know, the captain of the Champions League winning side on your club now. <laughs> You know, so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, yeah. got a proven goal scorer, Bunny Shaw. I mean, so, you know, it, you, the, the depth is there. So, but there is, you know, it, it's just the pieces are in place. And, but I'm not, I don't know how it's going to get pulled together. But, um, and I'm not sure what it's really going to take and, and, and so forth to make that happen. But, um, you know, the players are saying all the right things, but I'm not sure the yeah, and to your point, I'm not sure the manager is. No. Yeah. Not sure that he is. And I think that was a great point, Kate. Really great point. You know, everything is with him is we. Like no nothing responsibility from him individually. So that's a, I think that's a good point. I think that's really gonna be that's may end up coming back on him at in the end is that he's going to end up being held responsible whether or not he wants to hold himself responsible or not uh, if it doesn't turn around and turn on fast. But I also agree with you. I don't think they're going to pull the trigger. I just don't, I don't no, see it. No, I see, them, I see them still giving him an opportunity, whereas like a lot of other people would have been sent out the door by now. But yeah, yeah, I think, um, I, think he'll, I think he'll stick around for, for a bit longer. But if he keeps getting to supposedly arguments with some of the senior players, you shouldn't. Like, once you start losing... That doesn't help. Once you start losing the faith of the, the locker room and, like, the people in the locker room, like, once, once you start losing control of that, like, there's... there's It's it's not... Yeah. Like, you're not... Yeah. You're, gonna, you're not going to be playing inspiring football. You're right. Just, it, we had this... We had this with our women's national team under our last manager. Mm. You see when we went from Herdman to uh, Kenneth Hyde Muller, like the, those two years, that's why everyone was just like, Oh, Canada, whatever. They, they Honestly, under his two years, things were just kind of meh. It wasn't like we were doing terrible. We weren't doing great. They weren't super inspired to play. And mm-hmm. it and just attitudes changed. You just need a good manager that believes in the players and gets right in there with the players, and and everyone counted them out for the Olympics. I don't think anybody even had them really meddling, even though we'd meddled twice before. And then before you know it, you stand at the top of the podium, right? You, it, good managers can inspire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, a good manager at the right time with the right players. I mean, it, it, it could be magical. And for Canada, for Canada, it was, um, you know, and I, I when I. 
you know, I watched Canada prior to, you know, prior to the Olympics and, you know, and, uh, you know, with their manager, their current manager in place, you know, before the Olympics, the Olympic warm-up events, there are a lot of positive, um, dare I say, a positive phrase. There were a lot of vibes, a lot of positive vibes with the manager um, that this was probably their, you know, their best hire they'd had, you know, as a manager of the team. And, you know, she was really just, she was going to get a lot out of them, of the players that the other managers were not able to um, miss a lot of positivity and a lot, you know, and, and so forth. And, and you can tell, I mean, I was like, I don't know much about the Canadian national team except they're prior to the Olympics, I would consider them to be fairly good. Um, You know, I expect them to be challenging, you know, challenging for, you know, medals and things like that. So I didn't count them completely out, but I was like, "Mm." But did I see them winning it? No. You know, I didn't see them winning. I just didn't see them winning. Um, but, you know, sure enough, you know, they won. And, and but it was, I think it's a credit, I think it's a credit to the manager, the players, and, and the timing, you know, all seemed to come together. And I think that's what it takes. Yeah, they played for each other. They played for each other. You really saw that in that team and that team cohesion. It's like on and off the pitch. They were all hanging out. They were all getting along. I don't think I saw any other team that were just like just having a good time and just connecting with each other the way they did, right? And it's just that's you know that's what it that's what got them to where they were and and got them that. Yeah, it's it it really is a lesson in in leadership and a lesson in in you know putting all those things together and, and so forth. And, you know, and, and it, it's not easy, but it's not hard at the same time. You know, it, it, it's like, it's not, and when I say it's not hard, what I mean by that is I'm not trying to say it doesn't take effort. I'm not saying it doesn't take hard work. It definitely does. There's no doubt about that. But what I'm saying is, is there's no magic complicated formula. I also, really I also believe in hiring more female managers. Because, I agree. Again, look uh, at that. Worked what... under, she worked under John Herdman, and yeah. she worked under Phil Neville. And then she gets her own team, and, and look what happens. Right. Like and she, I think that that's what Manchester City needs. I would like to see a female manager. I, I, I really, 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 really think that's what Manchester City needs. Yeah. They have gone their, their entire history with male managers i think they need a i think with this setup i think they need a a a woman manager in place i really do i i I really do i don't like talking about you know you know male managers and female managers and things like that and can emma hayes coach a fancy i don't care but i think in this context in this situation with this setup with this particular manchester city team I think they would be better suited if they had a female manager in place. And to be quite honest with you, I'm not even sure City Football Group has a woman manager anywhere. Yeah. Well, we'll see what Serena uh, Vegman does with the Lionesses and see how well that goes, right? Yeah. I mean, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be very, very interesting. Um, you know, that that's interesting. That is going to be an interesting setup. Um, and um, to see how that rolls. Um you know, and she's made some rather interesting choices in her in her first selection, and you know, um, you know, and I'm like, I think part of that's due to injury, um, you know, as well, an injury to key players. 
um, and so forth. And, um, you know, I, I was particularly noting that there were less city players and more United players this time, but, um, but I was like, okay, cool. We'll see how it goes. But Kate, here, yeah. here, we've been scoring and they've been, they've been doing well. So yeah, exactly. Whoever's exactly. on form is, you know, that's how this kind of works, right? Like, absolutely. Someone's on yeah, form. that's true. So. Very true. Very true. Kate, it has been great. We have gone way over, but, you know, we've just been bantering back and forth, and that's what you get when you roll it out on a on a Monday night at 8 o'clock um, and so forth. Just kind of just banter and chat away. Thank you so much, Kate, for joining us. No, thanks for having me again. All right. We're, we're looking forward to seeing you after the international break or even potentially before then. We'll see what happens. I don't know what we're going to do next. I'm like Garrett Taylor. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, <laughs> no, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to sign off on this one. Y'all, it's been great. It's been a great Monday. We had uh, Mark on with the Manchester United Women's Supporters Club uh, talk about his away trip to Leicester City and how it wasn't really a away trip. Uh, wink, wink. You got to watch it to, to know what I'm talking about. Uh, also, we talked with Rob Prattley from the CFCW Social about uh, about Chelsea and their convincing win uh, and so forth. And he put me in my place during that when I asked him, is Chelsea back on form? And he's like, uh, they never were not. <laughs> okay, thank you, Rob. Um, you know, and then, um, and so tomorrow we have Josh back. He's back finally. People are asking where Josh has went. He didn't go anywhere. He just he had a scheduling issue. Didn't work out. Josh will be back, and we'll be talking about Arsenal in there. Oh, hum, win four is nil. Um, you know, I even don't even remember who they even played, but I'll remember everybody tomorrow. Uh, but Josh will be on tomorrow with the Arsenal Weekly Show. In the meantime, smash a like, please subscribe, share on your social media and everything else. I know this one was long, but thank you. If you made it all the way to the end, uh, thank you so much. And you know, keep watching and keep listening. We will see you tomorrow. Take care. Have a great night, great day, wherever you're watching and listening. Thank you so much. And we are done. We're out. <laughs>